0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to episode 55 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're going to be breaking down more rookie content and looking at our consensus rankings. So three of us got together, we've averaged out our rankings, and uh, we'll be talking through those, particularly where there's big differences. Uh, We'll be asked to uh, explain ourselves. Um, The format is Superflex Titan Premium, as a lot of our uh, leagues are. So just bear that in mind uh, when listening. So anyway, with me to break it down, first of all, we have Chiggs. Hey. hey. And we have Mo. Giddy up. So uh, Chiggs, you're finally going to be out of your cast tomorrow. You must be excited.
1: Yep, going to have my walking boots on. Uh, <laughs> the road to recovery begins.
0: And you're going nice. to be uh, dancing in that at Mo's wedding, right?
1: Is it, that's, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And no, you'll be
2: leaving rainy
0: Charlotte for
2: uh, sunny London in a couple of weeks too? I mean, I'm hoping it's sunny. They say what <laughs> London has, what, a month or two months of summer? Hoping to spend all that time there. Excellent. So um, we've
0: just finished uh, the first of our drafts. Any takeaways from that? Uh, so ours was a Superflex Titan Premium League. Uh, Chiggs, what were your takeaways from from, you know, taking part in your first rookie draft of the year?
1: Um, but first, the top 12 was as expected. Um, you know, I think we we, were, we talked about the last episode, um, that being the kind of top 12 and how have you cut it. Um, the one surprise for me was Devonta Smith falling to me at pick 11, mm-hmm. which I was really happy with. Um, obviously, you know, p- people moved up to get the running backs or, you know, the, p- the picks before me got the running backs. Um, and uh, yeah, the top seven went as expected, you know, as we said, and then Mac Jones went eight. So to be honest, the first round of the draft was pretty, pretty standard. And then the second, second round was quite interesting. I thought Rondell Moore slid a bit. So I was trying to trade back up to, to pick him up in the mid second. Um, but yeah, not, nothing really surprising. Uh, the running backs probably in the, in the second round. Michael Carter and Trey Sermon. I think Michael Carter went two one in our draft.
0: He did, yeah. Yeah, so... so
1: that that was a that was a little bit of a surprise for me. But I think Chris wanted a running back, so um, you know he passed on um, Bateman and the two Moors, Marshall there. So
0: yeah, so it was an interesting trade because I mean I was in negotiations with Chris and I think multiple people were sounded like he had a lot of interest in the pick 109 i was trying to trade out uh but you know giving away future picks from next season and the season after he ended up choosing to trade down from the 109 to get the 201 and the 204 which landed sermon and carter Carter. so i think it was a good trade when you're in a rebuild giving yourself a bit more of an opportunity Although I also like what Danny did, which was getting the more elite talent, and you know, as you get into that territory, you're getting more and more into dark, not dart throw territory. I mean, mid seconds, early seconds are not quite dart throw. It's not like a fifth rounder or anything. But uh, what was your assessment on the trade and the outcome of that? Knowing now that Danny traded up to get Travis Etienne, I like the trade. Yeah.
1: I thought thought it was very smart actually, to go and lock up. He obviously took Joe, um, Trevor Lawrence with the with the first pick. Yeah, he paired him up with ETN, so he's got two, you know, potentially cornerstone pieces for for his rebuild, which is great. Um, at the same time, he traded away Matt Ryan, so um, which for me I thought was a bit too cheap. I think he could have got a lot more value out of that um, out of that trade. I think he ended up trading it away for essentially
0: three late seconds one was early one was the 204 or 205 which ended up being Trey Sermon so yes it was effectively Trey Sermon and two late seconds which just yeah feels feels cheap to me Um,
1: especially given the the desperation I'd say from a few guys in our league um, that need a quarterback right so if you look at um, like Ben's team, he took he took Matt Jones at one hundred and eight. Mm. For me, maybe maybe didn't want to pay the price, but I would have traded my first there to get Matt Ryan in rather than Matt Jones because his he, he, his team is a contender, right?
0: It is, it is, and from what I about speaking to Ben, I think he did make offers. I think Cash made offers. So the the QB needy teams all made offers to get matt ryan in particular and um yeah i was a l- i thought it was a little bit undersold as in sold on the cheap side um and well, this was obviously... this way,
1: um i think cash told me he offered terry mclaurin straight up for for matt ryan i think it was now you could easily flip terry mclaurin for the you know to chris in a rebuild for the 109 and then you've still got travis Etienne
0: yeah i i would tend to i would tend to agree um as i said it felt it did feel a little a little cheap but uh i guess yeah see how it transpires now for um for danny uh with you know with trying to carry out his rebuild mo what were your thoughts on um matt ryan trade
2: uh i i actually thought it was all right um i think i think this this year's draft had a lot of depth in it so him picking up three second uh three seconds um uh did did help out there i mean really he got he got e t n out of it i think it i think it really just addresses needs i think it i think it would kind of work i think the trade kind of worked for both if that makes sense um but i do agree though i i think he could have gotten better value for sure um but i think he, i'm guessing he probably had his eyes set on e t n and um and so, I mean, it's just, it just one of those situations where I think it kind of worked for out for both parties. Um, you could have gotten a better, like, again, slightly better value. Like, I personally, I agreed, I would have taken scary Terry right there straight up. Um, but, um, I mean, both parties are happy. You really can't argue with the trade too much. Yeah. Okay,
0: so uh, we'll, we'll get on to our consensus rankings. I think we initiated these about a week ago. So I think having gone through the draft, now we may have changed our mind on some of them, but number one and number two, we all all three of us had Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. So I think fairly consistent with uh, the consensus across the board. I think most in the dynasty drafts do have, oh particularly Superflex, have Lawrence as the one, Lance as the two. I've seen arguments for all sorts of players at two. I've seen arguments for Justin Fields, I've seen arguments for, zach wilson i've even seen arguments for jamar chase carl pitts and rg harris so um for all of us they were our one and twos consensus number three was zach wilson um this was actually on the basis of uh, averages so mo you had him as your number three chiggs and i as as uh number four he ended up going at the 107 in our draft right so in in terms of our rankings, he slid, but then again, the teams that were between pick three and seven weren't all QB needy, and then one guy had the four and the six, uh, so he ended up taking, um, ended up taking, uh, oh, uh, it was Justin Fields. So Justin Fields went at the four, and then uh, Najee at the six, wasn't it? So uh, Yeah,
1: exactly. And Jamal Chase went five, yeah.
0: Jamar Chase at uh, 5 so uh, Mo you've got Wilson at 3 do you still
2: hold firm in that or have you changed your mind since Chiggs and I, I have him at 4 um, I, I think I'm on, I'm still going to hold strong there just because we know he's starting right off the bat um, yeah. that's and again super flex I mean again you know I, I I agree with you where you know I think Kyle Pitch has taken a third in a hour league but that was more for need and stuff but just being super flex I was stuck with Zach Wilson Um, again Start. He's starting right off the bat, and I think Justin Fields may have. Uh, from what I could tell, he's not very quick on reading the in reading defenses and going through his progressions uh, when he's looking for an open man. He's not as fast, essentially. And I think it's going to kind of. I think he's he's going to be a slower development prospect uh, prospect in in the NFL, just because I mean the NFL is so much faster. So I'm I'm going to keep Zach Wilson. I'm going to hold him steady there, at uh, number three still. Okay, and
0: in terms of. At uh, Chiggs, you had Fields at three. Do you still have Fields ahead of Wilson?
1: Yeah. Um, I just think the upside, uh, to be fair, is very, very close. And I, I, I wouldn't argue anyone taking one over the other. To be honest, I wouldn't argue anyone taking Fields or, or Wilson at two. Right, I think after Trevor Lawrence, that two, three, and four, I'm just looking at it purely from upside. Um, that's yeah. the reason I've got Lan- Lance at two, right? And, you know, if he hits in that Shanahan offence, And for me, Justin Fields, I think he's shown it for a number of years at Ohio State, Um, you know, playing against good defences, taking his team to a national championship, was, you know, being talked about as the number one pick along with Trevor Lawrence, right, um, last year. So, you know, I'm I'm banking on his production and his talent Zach Wilson, you know, I like the upside, but he's only done it for
2: one season. Actually, no, I, I get there, that. there's there's one thing I actually do want to add. Um, just what you said there, I think one of uh, one of the other uh, one reason why I did have no, another reason I had Wilson above is I think you just mentioned the coaching staff. Um, this is Nagy's probably last chance, and um, maybe maybe he might get one more year if nothing comes of it. You don't know what's going to happen with Fields in the new new regime. While with the Jets. You know, they, they kind of had faith in it, they got a brand new system there. Um, they got rid of Darnold. So that that was another slight uh, little, you know, just some, a little caveat to kind of work into my calculations there. But all right, sorry, sorry there, Amir. Go ahead.
1: No, but to, to, to that, that's a fair point. But I actually, I actually think that's probably better for his long term value. He, uh, if, if you're banking on his talent, I think you almost want the coaching staff to be gone and the new coaching <laughs> staff come in and work yeah. with him, but, you know, because, Imagine you come in as a coach um, and you've, you've got Justin Fields as your starting QB to work with. I think I think that's pretty attractive.
0: That's true. As you say, he has a pedigree, you know, but they didn't the kind of um, didn't do well at all in the championship game, but he took them there and they beat the almighty Clemson, right? Um, I mean, it's they just lot, came but... up against a very strong Alabama team. In the end, but you know, end of the day, he did he did get him there. So um,
1: has well, to be I guess, a... I guess the one thing that yeah, you, know, you probably well, actually, both of you guys as Broncos and Panthers fans, right? Uh, QB needy teams. Both of you guys passed on him. Is yeah. does that that give a bit of a red flag or
2: that that's that's another one? That's another reason. I think there's a red flag there. And one of the things I was just thinking about is.
0: And it makes me double-guess myself a little bit, but Zach Wilson is in a division with some really good defences. You know, with the uh. Patriots, you know, they've got um, some of their stars coming back. Um, Stephon Gilmore, for example, who opted out due to COVID. We know the Dolphins are strong and they've been getting better. So they've got, you know, like your Zavian Howards, they've got um, Christian Wilkins, Byron Jones... Jerome Baker, Bernardrick McKinney, um, you know, then Ogburn the front as well, and they didn't they draft a first round um, defensive player as well this year, uh, forget who it was pass rusher. So you know that that's that's a good defense. We know with Buffalo, they've got a pretty good defense as well. Do you think Zach Wilson could see ghosts? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure it's just something worth considering. Whereas the Bears have got the Lions twice a year who are in full rebuild. Uh, the Packers, okay, they've uh, pushed on defence a bit. Um, and then, who am I forgetting, the Vikings, not quite the defence they used to be once upon a time. So um, I think, you know, considering they have to play them six games a year, and for fantasy, you've got to play those teams six games a year as well. Might make a difference, but... I'm going for talent just based on what I've seen. So for me, Wilson still. Number five is where it gets interesting. So I had Carl Pitts all the way up at three. I just think this guy's going to be a superstar in the league. I was saying that about T.J. Hawkinson as well when he came in the league, and he didn't hit right away. But I think now people who've got Hawkinson's the Chigs, that you've got him, I've got him um both tried to get him in this new auction league uh, i think you're going to see great production and i see even better for carl pitts it's just the best player i've seen coming out of college in a while so you both got him down at five is that just because you're doing it you know you're not considering team needs and you're doing it based on the fact the four qbs or any other anything uh worry you about justin fields uh, sorry carl pitts
2: uh, no, my mind's pure, just super flex. Um, uh, like I said, I, if you tell me he's number three, I, I really wouldn't argue the other way. Okay. But
1: same. Absolutely same here. Uh, the only reason, here, again, got four QVs there because it's super flex. Sure.
0: No, that makes sense. Uh, I think next two then, uh, not much of a debate here. I think it's just uh, interesting to me that in a lot of leagues, I'm seeing these two go ahead of pits, but maybe it's the Titan Premium that's putting pits ahead. So we've got Najee Harris, uh just that number six and then jamar chase at seven so chiggs you and i have harris ahead of chase and then mo you've got him six and then harris seven um has anything changed your mind since you put these rankings together are you a bit worried about anyone
2: uh any of these two or you just think they're going to be a hit
1: i think they're both going to be a hit
2: correct uh, i agree and actually with the new met the new alert that uh we heard today uh, the new report. Um, Burrow's ready, ready for Week One. So mm. let's 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 go ahead and bump those rankings of Chase, guys.
0: I think if I was to redo the ranking today, I might have Chase ahead of Harris. And just because I heard an interesting uh, tidbit earlier on another podcast I was listening to, so um, Najee Harris had very bad um, average. Uh, average rushing yards when he was tackled or where the defense got to him behind the line of scrimmage now the reason I bring that up is because Pittsburgh lost some big players oh. on their o line and they 're projected to have one of the one of the worst o lines in uh, in the league so it just makes me worry a little bit about Harris if they can 't create those holes or if they can 't you know can 't protect against the uh, d line rushing um, catching out harris so that's the thing that's the only thing i heard that's worth worth considering particularly when you're doing your redraft leagues i think for dynasty you shouldn't worry too much but with dynasty you are still looking for some element of um production right away as well so i think you need to consider that uh mac jones funnily enough we all have him at eight he went at the 108 in our league um I think no real debate here. Any of you changed your mind? Anything you've seen on Mac Jones?
1: And that's still the same for me. I think there's that tear breaker after the first seven. Yeah, and I agree. For me, he's number eight. You know, again, Superflex. You're getting a first round QB there at 108. It's how deep this class is.
0: Absolutely agree, and I think what you said was spot on in that there's a tear break before Mac Jones. And he kind of feels like top of the next tier. So I would understand if somebody who doesn't need a QB. And there's a good chance if you're picking at eight, you know, you're in the playoffs. uh, You might have just missed out on making it into the um, deep end. You might not need a QB. And in that case, you're thinking, well, I'm going to go for best receiver available or best running back available. But we've all got Jones at eight a um, little bit interesting then um at 9 so this is where i sort of flip flopped because i could have taken devonte smith uh on the clock at 10 but i actually went for javante williams and i think thinking about it now i might just make that move i might just put williams slightly ahead of devonte smith but i'm a big fan of the slim reaper we've seen how infrequently a receiver wins the heisman trophy so um are you holding firm on um, on your ranking Chiggs of nine, or would you drop him down behind one of the running backs? Um,
1: again, it's all it's all much of a muchness, really. I think that one's more down to team need. I think the you can get there's more depth at wide receiver. I think in the second round, so you can make a very good argument for taking the two running backs at at nine and ten, um, and then picking up a you know, Terence Marshall or something in, in round two. Um, but I think, you know, Devonta Smith has got star quality. As you say, you know, Heisman winner. Um, his route running's fantastic. You know, some of the catch he's been making in in training. Um, yeah, I think, I think he's going to be great. I was, I was just thrilled I got him at 111.
0: Yeah, and Mo, the next player, uh, well, Javonte Williams is our consensus 10, as it stands, but then... Mo, you've got Waddle at nine. So tell us why you're high on Waddle over Smith, Williams, or ETN.
2: Um, That's one thing I would edit. I would probably put Williams ahead of Waddle now. Um, uh, But I'm still going to hold strong with the notion of I like Waddle over Smith. Um, I think there's some athleticism there. Um, Then we have the QB play. Um, I'm not sold on Hertz. I'm not sold on Philly uh, all altogether as an offense there, um, and then and then I mean the biggest thing you are reuniting Tua with Waddle, and there's also a small chance I st- I'm still thinking that uh, Miami may trade for Watson. Um, they he does have more competition there, but I think if anything, he's he's actually gonna he's probably gonna learn from those you know receivers like Parker and Fuller, and then you know he's gonna go up against top corners there during practice um you know iron sharps iron on that end i i i think i always found waddle just more i, I just saw more upside to waddle's game than i did with um uh with smith uh, to that extent and i think it's also landing spots for me like you know I, I'm, this year i've kind of leaned towards more you know teams that have, are that have better offenses better lines better qb and i mean i, I just think I think Miami is just a better team overall, you know, compared to Philly. And the QBs, the QBs are better. I mean, still yet yet to be unproven. But I think, you know, Miami is one of those teams that have enough assets to go acquire a solid QB. Uh, so, I mean, I, either way, I think both players are going to, you know, they're probably going to do all right year one. Uh, we'll see in the future um, how they develop. And I think Waddle just is in a better spot. Mm.
0: Yeah, I hear you on that. Um, I think I've got him ahead of ETN, but I'd have ETN ahead Uh, just because I think the value of the running backs and as Chiggs mentioned, receiver depth is pretty good in this in this year's class. Um, Travis ETN rounds of our top 12. Um, I think we said on the last episode as well, it's very hard to put anybody else in into that tier or into the top 12. I've seen some people put Rashad Bateman. I'm not very high on that move at all certainly not in my top 12 and we'll get on to Rashad Bateman uh, shortly so our consensus 13 was Elijah Moore so me and Chiggs have him at 13 Mo you've got Elijah Moore at 14 and here is what I did want to ask you then so Mo you, the next player up then uh, our 14 is Rashad Bateman of the Baltimore Ravens so Mo you've got him all the way up at 13 Chigs at 14 I've got him at 16 so why are you high on Bateman in what I consider one of the sort of lesser passing teams in the NFL? Uh, Mo?
2: I think it's, again, more on the upside here. Uh, compared to the other wide receivers, uh, I believe he's got the best shot to be uh, a next you know, wide receiver one on that team. I think he's better than Hollywood. Um, I don't think he has any of the competition. Um, the, of course, the tight end is going to be probably the primary receiver there with Andrews. But um, when it comes to be number one wide receiver, I think Bateman's got the best opportunity. He's in a good team. I mean, you, you are going to be basing this off of uh, QB play, and you know you're you're hoping Lamar's getting better and better. Um, you know, as the years go by, when it comes to throwing the ball, um, they are going to be a run first team right now. And um, but you know, one thing I've always noticed is that QBs, the older they get, the, the more they opt to throw instead of. Mm-hmm. Get, uh, you know, trying to get the first down with their legs. So I'm, yeah. um, I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm, I am kind of. I'm, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to Jackson that he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, go as a as a QB, and then Bateman has. He's the clear number one in my opinion on that team. Or has that has a chance to be?
0: Yeah, and he's got he's got a physical presence about him as well. He knows how to use his body. Um, so just just thinking ahead to the season. That could impact Mark Andrews. That could impact even on the goal line, the likes of J.K. Dobbins or the Gus Bus. Um, so I, I do like the talent. It's just always worries me how it's going to play out on a team that prefers the run so much. And then Chigs, you've got him at your 14, ahead of Rondale Moore, ahead of Michael Carter. Um, what makes you like Bateman uh, so high, you know, despite the team that he's landed on?
1: Um, I think talent, and this is actually something I learned a couple of years ago, um, the reverse of what Mo was talking about, landing spot was with AJ Brown, and I, I knocked AJ Brown because he landed with the Titans, and, uh, you know, obviously he had Corey Davis there, they're not a particularly pass-happy team, and you look at him now and he's probably top three dynasty start-up receiver. Um,
0: yeah, certainly in that range, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and I think Rashad Bateman's. I don't think, for me, I don't think he's as good as AJ Brown, but he's got that kind of upside. And it may be that Lamar's never had a proper target to throw to, um, you know, hence why he relies so much on Mark Andrews. Now, if he's got another big body, good root runner, you know, very polished receiver, you know, Hollywood Brown's a small speed guy, right? I think being Bateman's the kind of guy that. That could help Lamar as well, so yeah, purely on the upside, really.
0: No, I, I hear you on that, and um, similar story with Rondale Moore, who's our cons, cons, consensus uh 15. Um, we're all in that same ballpark. I mean, I've got Rondale ahead of Rashad Bateman for a couple of reasons: A, it's a pass-happy team, B, I think he's a lot better than the um receivers i know he won't be the alpha like a uh, bateman but i think across from nuke there's plenty of opportunity there but again it it all feels like it's in that same tier and then it comes down to subjectivity um similarly then at pick 16 or consensus 16 we have michael carter so i have met 15 Chigs and mo at 16 as you mentioned he went as early as 11 in our sorry uh, pick thirteen, 14. in our draft, and it wouldn't surprise me if you see more of that because the Jets, Jets backfield is a bit of a, um, you know, nobody really knows how it's going to play out. They've got Lamichael P Ryan, then they've brought across Tevin Coleman, who um, Michael Floor, you know, would have um, worked with in San Fran. Uh, then they've still got uh, obviously Michael Carter as well. And a uh, bunch of, you know nobody's there. So I like the talent <laughs> of Michael Carter. Um, Ty Johnson as
2: a starting, running back.
0: Ty Johnson, yeah, waiver wire wonder, right? for a couple of weeks <laughs> last year or the week before, the year before. Um, so after Michael Carter, then it's uh, Trey Sermon, who's our consensus. I mean, we're not wildly in disagreement on any of these picks. You know, we're fairly, fairly aligned with um, how we feel um, on these players. A consensus 18 is Amon Ra St. Brown. So Chiggs, you and I were the only ones, well, we both had him at 17, so cracking that top um, 18 picks. Mo, you've got him down at 21. You've got him behind the likes of Terrace Marshall, Kadarius Tony, Pat Frymuth uh, as well. So what is it about those players that you like more about than Saint Brown.
2: Um, honestly, I don't think I watched enough tape when I made these rankings, and um, I think I just kind of I totally missed the fact that um, Detroit do not really have any high c- caliber wide receivers. So I yeah. would probably I'm, I would probably change my my um, uh, my ranking on that and kind of kind of be more in line with you yours. Okay. Um, I would, however, maybe put if anyone maybe Terrence Marshall above um, Amon Ra. But um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I kind of messed up on that pick when we made it.
0: Yeah, and uh, so I, I actually agree with you. I have Terrace Marshall all the way down at 21. I think if I was to redo my rankings, it'd probably be in around that 17 to 19 mark. Um, just because I, I was thinking about last season and um, what's your offensive coordinator? Uh, Joe Brady? Joe Brady, yep. And, yeah, with and you know what he what he did with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Now I think Donald's an improvement. Um, and I think the opportunity is gonna be there for Terrace Marshall. I know you've lost Samuel, but did you bring in anybody, any
2: big names? Um, uh, we got David ben Moore Bridge. from David Moore from Seattle. Um I think he's just a stopgap there. Um yeah. he's probably gonna he's gonna man the slot. And um, uh, until uh, she Smith uh, takes it or takes takes over that slot position. But uh, I think um, I think we all called it. I think we, we discussed it last week is um, Terrence Marshall is someone that you want to wait on for a week when Robbie Anderson's a free agent next year. Yeah, absolutely agree. And Chiggs, you had him down. So, so we had Amon Ra St. Brown, then
0: Kadarius Tony, then Terrace Marshall and then Pat Frymouth. I'll get on to Frymouth in a moment. But uh, Chiggs would you change your rankings on Terrace Marshall or are you comfortable having him in 21 where you do? So he's behind Chuba Hubbard. Uh, sorry, he's behind... Um, you, sorry, you've got him at 19, I've got him at 21. So he'd be going up in mine, but Chiggs in yours, he's behind the likes of Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, and Amon Ra St. Brown. you still have him at around 19 or would you be moving him up at all?
1: Um yeah, I, th- I think I'm still OK there, you know, with I think Amon Ross and brown um, Not only has he got the name, um, he <laughs> I, I bumps him up a couple of spots just for that. Yeah,
0: um, what a name.
2: Yeah,
1: great, great, um, great name. But um, no, I think opportunity there in, in Detroit, um, you know, outside of Hawkinson, who have they really got? Quinton Cephas, Prashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams. I can see him, you know, producing straight away um and Carter and Sermon you know good landing spots um you know and running back is going to be pretty thin so you know, there's a few other wide receivers which you can kind of gamble on um so I, I just think that just the depth of the position just bumps the running backs up for me
0: Samo, so um obviously it's your wedding in a month well just over a month so when you have your uh First child is it going to be named Equanimius or Amon Ra <laughs> oh
2: I would have to go Amon Ra or uh, <laughs> well have to, I'm going to be looking up uh I'll be googling some Egyptian gods here and <laughs> yeah. uh see what we can do with these names
0: uh, I love it um so next up then we have Kadarius Tony chiggs, you're really low on Tony you've got him towards the back end of the second at twenty two um are you are you just worried about that type of player in the history or is there something specific with tony you're not so keen on because he was drafted in the first after all
1: yeah it's just you look at the mouth mouths to feed there right there's still going to be probably a run first team with saquon um kenny got kenny Golliday, evan engram sterling shepherds darius slayton mm. I, I just don't think there's enough targets there for him to you know, so for me, he's going to be a very boom-bust player, a bit like a Marquise Brown, you know, und- undersized speed receiver.
0: And so yeah. I, I don't know if it was sort of um, from a fan's perspective or if it was sort of genuine feeling, but Broad, previous guest and plays in our IDP league, he was fairly happy with the trade down and getting um, Tony, and he thinks he he has he could have that Tyreek Hill type upside. Uh, i guess something we hear every year about some sort of speedster is it just is it just history shows that these players fail more often than not or um could be
1: how how many how many times we hear is he's the new Tyree Kill so you you've got the upside right jalen jalen probably the closest closest guy to that yeah um you know i yeah I just I think history shows, you know, there's there's more um, non-Tyreek kills than there are Tyreek Hills. and I just and I'll bear in mind he hasn't got Patrick Mahomes thrown into him either.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, so after Tony, we've discussed Marshall. So next up is Pat Frymuth. I've got him all the way down at twenty-four, and I'm happy to explain that. Mo, you've got him all the way up at nineteen. What is it about fryermuth you like? I do appreciate it's a tight end premium, but you've got him, as I said, all the way up at nineteen. So around the middle of the second, what is it you like about fryermuth to have him up there ahead of you know the likes of Amari Rogers and Amon Ra St. Brown in your previous rankings? Terrace Marshall, for example.
2: I think it's just again the scarcity of uh, that position plus being tight end premium. I mean, any other you know, any other time he would probably be the first tight end off the board. Um, mm. If you didn't have, you know, the likes of uh, um, uh, Pitts coming out this year, he's 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 actually a very athletic tight end. I mean, he's actually he's actually really good. If you watch some film on him, there, you know, he played really well there at Penn State. Um, never, you know, didn't always have the best QB, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I I think just just being in a tight end premium league, I think you have to value some of these tight ends uh, ahead of um, some of these, you know, dart throw wide receivers. And because of that, I'm putting him up there. Um, I do. I, you do run a little risk with Pittsburgh just because you probably only have one more year of Ben. Um, however, you're going to have like you know all these tight end. I mean, right now that's a crowded room. Um, you're not going to expect anything from him in year one. Um, but I, I could see him starting next year. Uh, the only question is, yeah, you know, even if you have a new QB come into play, uh, I mean, who do, you know what what uh, who, who I mean, who's a QB a rookie QB's best friend to a tight end, someone to dump it off to. So um, I I think uh, I I think um, even with the QB play, probably um, you know you know being you know being downgraded next year, uh, either way, and I mean I think he's going to be the clear cut number one tight end um, on that team.
0: So you think they're going to move, and and I'll explain why I've got him as low as twenty four because I thought of all the teams that are stacked at receiver with Pittsburgh, um, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay, he's on a one year. Deal only. You got Chase Claypool. You've got James
2: Washington, and I think he's gone next year. Him, him, and him. I'm I'm counting him and um, him and Juju gone next year.
0: Okay, so this really is a sort of um, following year player looking at because they've also got Eric Ebron. I think I made the mistake of saying Jared Cook last week, but it's uh, Eric Ebron. You know, he's not not especially old. Um, so you think he'll be gone as well? Correct. Uh,
2: cat, again, okay. okay. cat, cat, I think not, he may even be only a two year contract. Uh, if it's three, I think he'd be a cap saving move. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I think right now, definitely it's a crowded room. I, you don't, but that's, I think that's a positive for a tight end. I mean, we rarely see, I, I, you know, you'd rarely, you never see a tight end produce in any year one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we've always said it's a three year outlook for any tight end that we draft. And um, I mean, that's, that's probably the average. And I think with this guy, I think you're going to see a significant bump year two. Yeah, and I think that that's where you've kind of got to
0: hold firm as a dynasty player. Um, so I was having a conversation with uh, someone recently, uh, and they were saying uh, about how I would always say that Hawkinson was untradeable, even when he hardly produced in year one. But I always I always made the assessment, said, no, nope, for me, Hawkinson is untradeable. And I think if you are confident in the talent of a tight end, you've got to wait at least one year, but most likely wait out two years. Otherwise, the danger is you get somebody like a Pat Frymuth and in the absolute worst case, you end up putting them onto waivers or you end up trading them for like a fourth, thinking, oh, he's done nothing, he hardly gets any game time. So um, very important piece of advice there. And I think the same applies, I would say, to players like Adam Troutman from last year. If you exactly. believe in the talent, do not stick them on the waivers. Do not trade them away for pennies on the dollars because you've got to wait it out. It's a position that takes a while to develop. And yeah, it was, um, I kind of forgot that, but I said someone, Kush, you know, one of our previous guests, uh, was the one who reminded me saying, I remember you saying that Hawkinson's untradeable for you. And um, yeah, you've got to hold firm on those tight end valuations so next up we have Amari Rogers uh, Chiggs you're the highest on him at 21 with all the uh, rumours circulating about the other A Rogers would you be dropping him down or are you still holding in your assessment
1: um, yeah I, I, li- I like the player I like the talent Um. you know I'm, so, I'm hoping that Rogers stays but You know, I still think he'll have a role regardless, but yeah, it will probably knock him, um, knock him a bit. But, you know, is is there anyone behind him that I can see really making a case to to jump above him? Probably not.
0: Yeah. So after him, we've got Diami Brown and Chuba Hubbard. Would you take any of those ahead of Amari Rogers?
1: So for me, no. You know, Chuba yeah. Hubbard's stuck behind McCaffrey. So, you know, you're hoping he rediscovers the form of two years ago or, you know, or you need McCaffrey to go down anyway for that to happen. Yeah. The um, Army Brown's interesting, um, obviously, with Washington. Um, so the upside's there. Um, yeah, so maybe you can make a case for pushing the Army Brown above Amari Rogers with the uncertainty, but...
0: Yeah, and I, I made this uh, call on the last episode uh, that De'Ami Brown could end up being a top three rookie receiver in year one, uh, just uh, top three, top five, just because I think he's going to be on the field um, quite a bit. Of course, they've got Curtis Samuel as well, but you know he, he's a big body guy. I think he'll get a lot of um, red zone targets, uh, particularly where... They might be, you know, other opposition teams might be focused on double teaming Logan Thomas and uh, Terry McLaurin. So, yeah, I, I can see Diami Brown producing, having those um, wide receiver two slash three type numbers. It wouldn't surprise me if he delivers something like that. Uh, so we have diami Brown, then Chuba Hubbard. I'm the highest on Hubbard. Chigs, you're the lowest. We've kind of discussed this before. I think there's amazing handcuff value. Uh, in the Carolina team. And, um, you know, McCaffrey is into what is fifth year. Quite often see what happens in year five on those uh, running backs. I don't wish any any ill will, but I just think the um, potential upside. Uh, But then again, that's my view on a lot of running backs when it comes to dynasty. Um, Try and stock your team in the latter rounds with running backs where you can because you just don't know, like James Robinson, who's going to get an opportunity at some point so that then leads us into the uh third round then and we have our first qb so we have kellen mond at uh consensus 25 i was the lowest on him chiggs you're the highest mo you're somewhere in between uh chiggs do you still have kellen mond as high as you do or would you have somebody like davis mills or even you know, dare I say somebody else ahead of Kellen Mond?
1: Um, yeah, it's probably a little bit closer now. Davis Mills. I think there was a report today about him potentially maybe starting some games towards the end of the season. Um, so they'll see what they've got in him. So you know the pathway's there for him if he if he delivers to to grab that um, grab that spot. Um, I think Kellen Mond's got some interesting tools though. Um, and I think, um yeah, I, I just I think he's just more suited to today's game. You know, I think he can run, he can pass. He's just you know yeah. he's a he's a, pro, he's a project guy. So you know, there's the kind of guy I advocate taking at that back end of the second, early third, just because if you hit on that lottery ticket, it's it's super valuable.
0: Yeah, starting starting QBs can be like gold dust. I'd agree. I had Kellen were down at 29, Davis Mills at 30. Kellen Mond would probably be in that similar range. I don't see him starting ahead of Kirk Cousins, barring absolute disaster. But as you say, with Davis Mills, to get a starting QB potentially in a super flex, I'd have to move him up from 30, where I've got him to probably um, yeah, late second 24, 25 territory just as it stands at the moment. Uh, so sort of in between Mond and Davis Mills, we have Nico Collins. Uh, Mo and Cheek, you're both 27. I'm
2: 25. Mo, what are your thoughts on uh, Nico Collins at the Texans? I'm going to go back to um, that QB play. Uh, I, I don't know who the QB is going to be. Um, I like the talent there. Uh, he is a little slow for me uh, after watching some tape. Because uh, I had that 24th pick overall, and I was torn between a lot of players. And I just started watching tape for a couple hours. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I did I, I did see some I, – I just didn't see that fluidity that you see in wide receivers. Um, and then and then lack of a QB or a lack of a team. I mean, Houston Texans are going to be a dumpster fire for a while. So uh, just because of that, I'm just kind of staying away from a uh, Texans player. I, I do like Mills, though. He does have an opportunity um, – Like you said, so uh, I did have him ranked a little higher uh, in a super flex, but uh, Houston's Houston's gonna, I I don't want any Houston player, Texans player.
0: Not even Brandon Cooks or David Johnson.
2: Unfortunately not, sir. Unfortunately not.
0: (laughs) Very well. So that then leads us into our 28th player, Kenneth Gainwell. I'm the highest on Gainwell but I think it'd have to drop a little bit when I sent the rankings out this was pre Carryon Johnson um and then Carryon Johnson landed in Philadelphia so I think it's a crowded room um if anything it leads me to believe they're not sold on Miles Sanders
2: no don't <laughs> say that <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm a Sanders fan. I like the talent, and he had a couple of good games towards the back end of the year, particularly when Jalen Hurts came in. Um, Sanders performed, but th- something just seems off if they're drafting uh, another running back, and it was a third round, so not overly late either, I don't think. Uh, next one up is Ramondre Stevenson. I was the highest on him, Mo, you very low on stevenson what is it about stevenson you don't like you have him down at 33
2: it's the landing spot i don't think i'll ever have a new england patriot running back on my team while check <laughs> is on that is the coach um you just you just never know who's who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna start who's gonna have the hot end um it's i, I prefer cons- consistency in my you know in any of the fancy players i you know, on my roster and a new england running back is is never that person and I mean even now, I mean he still has you still have two, three, four running backs on that team. Granted, <laughs> yeah, rumor rumor is Sony Michelle uh um will be uh will be released. But I mean yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm never gonna have a uh New England running back on my team.
0: If Sony Michel lands in Miami or in Atlanta, are you are you interested in him in, in, all of a sudden for fantasy?
2: Uh, in 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 Atlanta for sure, uh, Miami, not really. He does have that injury concern, um, but mm-hmm. it, in Atlanta, I mean, I think he'll automatically become the clear number one running back. And I think in Miami, you're gonna have um, you're gonna have some uh, um, some competition with uh, Gaskins what? and even Ahmed for that matter. There, yeah, Salban Ahmed as well.
0: Uh, Chiggs, any interest in <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson? Would you would you put him further up your rankings? You've got him at 31. Is that still sort of how you feel?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think you know you've got that risk of New England running backs, but at the same time, you know, I think I don't think he's going to be anything for this year. But we saw with Damian Harris, you know, two years ago, and then he got yeah. his shot last year. You know, potentially Ramondre Stevenson is going to be that. You know, one A. 1b with damien harris next year so mm. um yeah just purely an upside again there but you know i think at this point it's all a bit of a dart throw right
0: it is yeah this stage there's just it's hard to even tier players because there's just so much subjectivity at in mm. this sort of range um i mean the next player on our board is brevin jordan and again, it's probably on the basis of opportunity at Houston. They're going to be behind a lot. They're probably going to be throwing a lot. Uh, we've got him at consensus 30 and all of us have 30 or 31. Um, Mo, you were watching tape.
2: Did Brevin Jordan cross your Ah, uh, He did. He did. Um, I was very unimpressed. And <laughs> I think his, uh, his size bothered me. I believe he's only five six three, six two. Um I kind of I kind of rank that as a smaller size tight end. Yeah. Um uh yeah, I think I think I think um I yeah, I, I unfortunately I did pass on him as well. And uh, so you're quite high on the next guy
0: then, uh Dwayne Eskridge. Um in fact you have him as high as twenty-nine on your rankings. Is that just it's a seattle thing and the accuracy of wilson or is there something specific about the talent you like about eskridge
2: i think the talent's there this this guy this guy can move Um, he's 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 got really crisp route running ability Um, i i you know unfortunately the only thing the only thing i did not like about him is that he's 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 gonna be wide receiver number three uh especially with lockett just signed that you know new contract if lockett you know, sign maybe a shorter-term contract. I'll be, I'll be, I probably have him a little higher. But talent-wise, yeah. this this guy's really good. I think the landing spot kind of hurt him a little bit. But at the same time, I mean, you're with Russell Wilson, so the QB play is going to be solid there. So, yeah. um, I mean, I think yeah, compared to all these guys, I think he, I, I love the talent there. I, I would put him above some of the wide receivers we've kind of mentioned here earlier. And Tiggs, thoughts on uh, Dwayne Eskridge at Seattle.
1: Um, yeah, I'm quite low on him. I just don't see um, the opportunity really there in terms of volume behind Lockett and um, Metcalf. Yeah, that, still going to be a run-first run team, you
2: know? I agree. That that was the biggest grip I had is, is a landing spot. So um, Rather than
0: go through the rest of the players one by one, I'll just go through it in order how we have them. So, in fact, joint with Dwayne Eskridge, we have Carl Trask... Uh, of the uh, QB of the Buccaneers. Des Fitzpatrick, receiver at Tennessee. Then we have Trey McKitty, tight end of the Chargers. Khalil Herbert, running back at the Chicago Bears. Javian Hawkins, running back at Atlanta. Cornell Powell, receiver at KC. Josh Palmer, receiver at uh, LA Chargers. Larry Roundtree. Uh, running back at the LA Chargers. So, Mo, you've got both of them, I believe, in the second and third. Um, Kylan Hill, running back of the Packers. Tylen Wallace, another receiver at Baltimore. And Elijah Mitchell, running back of the uh, 49ers. So, Mo, Chiggs, between those players, you've drafted a couple of them in our rookie draft. Um, anything you liked about what you saw or the landing spot? I believe, Chigs, you took... Hill and Elijah Mitchell, if I'm not mistaken, and Mo, I believe you took Palmer and Roundtree.
1: Um, I don't think I got Elijah Mitchell. I definitely got Kylan Hill. Okay. Um, I took Trey McKitty as well. Uh, who else? Yeah, I think Jamar Jefferson is one that Mo took. Hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah, Khalil, Khalil Herbert and Kylan Hill are the two guys I took, yeah. So, you know, Khalil Herbert's an interesting guy. Um, obviously, there are behind uh, David Montgomery, who obviously had a very good season last year, but I think there's still people who have doubts about him. So, yeah. again, it's just one of those opportunity things. Same thing with Kylan Hill, right? I know Aaron Jones has obviously signed his extension, but, um yeah. Just a bit of a bit dart throw again. Just you know, you, you're taking running backs here, just hoping one of them hits, like James Robinson last year. Yeah.
0: Mo, anything you saw in your tape watching on the players you drafted? I know you mentioned Roundtree on the previous episode, but did you get a chance <laughs> to to watch some tape and let him impress Guys, you? Guys,
2: I'm going to tell you right now, Palmer is going to be a beast. I'm either. I'm. A, I'm actually. I'm going to be. The, this is going to be the most amazing pick ever. Or just going to be another just <laughs> a terrible pick as usual for me. But watch this guy on tape. I gotta say, no QB in Tennessee. This guy is 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 he's actually he reminds me of kind of like Andre Johnson. I think this guy's going to be a stud, um, especially there with Herbert. Um, Mike Williams this is going to be his last year. Uh, I don't think they signed him with Palmer there. Uh, you know you have. Um, uh, Keenan Allen, you know, getting up there in age. This guy is going to be something. Um, he went up against number one corners in, you know, in the league with FCC. I mean, you got Sertan and Joe Horn. He made them look like chumps um, with no QB. Now, granted, maybe some of that was maybe Gartma. Well, some of it maybe may have been garbage time, but still, you know, when when a player's on this field, he, you know, especially someone someone with the pedigree of you know Joe Horn or you know Sertan, uh, you're 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 trying you're 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 bringing your A game every single play, uh, and this 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 guy this guy just looks amazing, and that, again with inaccurate throws from the QB, um, he's he, I don't know I don't know what it is, but I I just fell in love with him after watching tape with you know but again with all the running I think I actually had him ranked low. 32 i guess compared and i had had a bunch of wide receivers ahead of him my pick was number 24 um i went in and got him and granted part of that was because uh we have uh, imran on our in our league and he was the three 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 point five and um i you know i'm not gonna have a pick before him and i knew for a fact he was gonna take him uh just because um, i think i think he saw the same things i saw but he's gonna be my sleeper of uh okay. in dynasty
0: and then um I just want to round off by talking about then the new 17 game schedule and what that means for for fantasy. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the bye weeks, but I was umming and eyeing as to how this should be run in leagues. But just looking at traditionally, particularly in our dynasty leagues, the uh, playoffs are weeks 14, 15, 16. But I don't know if you've seen, we've actually got four teams on bye in week 14. So you've got The Dolphins, the Colts, the Patriots, and the Eagles. Oh wow that that's pretty rough. Imagine you're in the playoffs and then your QBs are like Wentz and Jalen Hurts, and you've got Jonathan Taylor and you know Jalen Waddell. Um I don't you can't really say a fantasy-worthy player on the Patriots usually, but it's that's pretty rough. What are your thoughts on how fantasy leagues should work and have you had a chance to discuss? in any other leagues you're playing, have any decisions been made on that front?
2: Uh, no, I mean, I guess we, I, I, we can discuss that in our TBC I guess. Um, I think you have to push the playoffs back, am I right?
1: Yeah. yeah, I think so, potentially, yeah.
2: I think if the
0: buys ended in Week 13, it's still harsh, because if you're in that, you know, you've got to win to get in kind of scenario, it's a bit harsh missing so many players but yeah this is it's going to be rough because even week 13 i mean week 14 has got some fantasy relevant players but look at the teams in week 13 on by cleveland green bay tennessee and carolina yeah you're talking some of the best qbs um receivers running, running backs i mean yeah uh you know Devonte adams aj brown Aaron Rodgers, potentially Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, um, DJ Moore, all C-O-C. on a bye. I think it's quite rough for fantasy players this year with this new 17 week season. But I agree, I mean, my thinking is not even really putting it to vote, it just make a commissioner ruling and having the playoffs starting in week 15 because I feel, I feel it's a bit could be a bit unfair to have a playoff in week 14. Um, but I'll put it out for discussion. I think I, I at least owe that much to everyone. But my thinking is, I mean, I run three leagues. Chigs, you're in all three. Mo, you're in two of them. My thinking is that playoffs have to start in week 15 at the earliest, given the bye week situation. I agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if you're listening and you're commissioning leagues or you're in discussion around um, when playoffs should start, look at the bye weeks. And I think that's definitely worth, um, worth considering when it comes to when to start your playoffs and what format to run as well. So uh, that was our consensus rankings. It's been fun breaking down rookies. So we've got our uh, IDP draft coming up, our rookie draft coming up this week. Chigs, this will be my first IDP uh, rookie draft. You've been in a few yourself. Any, any advice on, uh, how to value IDP players versus offensive rookies?
1: Um, yeah, again, you know, we, we talk about it in terms of scoring settings and stuff. I think what we found in, in our league is that, you know, IDP players are very valuable, um, as, as we saw, right? And they, they kind of, if you look at your draft strategy in the startup and obviously went on to win it, and you were taking linebackers early, um, I still think your offensive talent will still go in round one yeah first half of round two will probably start being you know the same and then i think it's where you have that tier drop off um you know post terrence marshall Hammond, ross and brown that kind of region i suspect that's probably when you'll start seeing like maybe the, the top linebacker come off the boards um you know back end of the second um yeah. you'll probably well, i think by the end of the second round you will probably have a couple of linebackers will have gone and then you're looking at the sort of mid mid to late third for any sort of defensive ends, safeties, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Mo, any uh, any planning you've done for your IDP, your first IDP? Uh, none at all. I
2: think that's when I kind of had the question, uh, actually right before the podcast, was uh, when do you take the first defensive player? And um, I think anything I read online is usually late in the second, but... I'm kind of in agreement with uh, Chigs over here, where once you have that tier break off after Carter and Sermon and uh, Moore, is uh, when you kind of want to start targeting maybe some linebackers.
1: Yep, it's gonna I be th- fun. I think, I think I think my my general theme would be like if, if you if you're not in love with any of the offensive players, take take someone on the defense. Because mm. you, what you'll find is you know you'll be you'll. The, the, the offensive players that you like will have already gone. So then grab a defensive player you like. And then, as we said, you know, those offensive players, it's hard to sort of tier, right, at that when you get to that third round, fourth round of offensive players. It's a little bit of much of a muchness. So that's when you start targeting your, you know, the top IDP guys on your board.
0: Very good advice. Something uh, I'm planning to do as I don't have a first, but now I have two. <laughs> two seconds <laughs> hoping to get some linebackers there
2: I, I, but, you uh, plan to use them both for uh their uh for linebackers there amir maybe oh, or... might, may i might have to trade up there with my 3-1 maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know i'm always open for business so uh it's been fun breaking down uh consensus rankings gonna be a lot more rookie content and also um any news that comes out of uh free agency and all the saga surrounding deshaun watson and aaron Rodgers and all sorts of comings and goings so it's going to be fun breaking that all down but for now that's uh, episode 55 um done so for me uh, goodbye mo giddy up.
2: and chigs
0: see you folks